Hello, it's Rico Rossi, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Don't look now, but opening day 2020 is only a couple of weeks away. And it's Davo so happy about that and the fact that you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. This is the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. Like today, one of my childhood heroes, Mr. Rico Rossi, joins us on Clubhouse Conversation from beautiful Puerto Rico. Rico Rossi actually down there owns a boutique hotel near Puerto Rico. We're going to talk all about that. Maybe we can get like a Royals friends and family rate for the listeners to go on down there and check it out near beautiful Puerto Rico. Rico Rossi, though, was here during the 1992 and 1993 seasons in KC. Overall with the organization, 92 to 94. But yeah, 92 and 93 here in KC played second base, shortstop, and third base for the Royals. They got him from the Atlanta Braves. That's the team where he made his major league debut for back in 1991, that year they went to first place from last place. Came over from the Braves, spent some time with the Royals for a few years, and then ended his career at the Major League level with the Seattle Mariners in 1998. Rico Rossi went to college at the University of Purdue. Actually, it might be Purdue University. I'm not sure how they say that up there in West Lafayette, Indiana. But either way, he joins us right now from Puerto Rico on Clubhouse Conversation. Rico Rossi, first of all, thanks so much for your time, man. And second of all, how's everything going with you? Everything's going good. We're driving. We just got done with a soccer game with my, my son. Okay. He had a soccer game, and uh, we're just driving to Rincon. Have you ever been to Puerto Rico? No, I want to come. I'm going to bring the lady down there one of these days, man. I need, I need to. It's beautiful, I hear. It is beautiful. I mean, you got a couple spots. You go Rincon, you go to Culebra. You love them both. So. Yeah. I'm, but I'm just happy to go through here today. Driving through Puerto Rico here in beautiful March of 2020. What's keeping you busy these days? A uh, little business, small little guest house hotel in Culebra, Puerto Rico, which is a small island east. Puerto Rico, about 19 nautical miles, and we have a small uh, guest house, sort of a boutique hotel. Uh, it's called Villa Bon, and uh, you know that during December till April, that keeps me really busy with uh, uh, people from the states and Europe. And then during the summer, it's uh, what we call the Puerto Rican Navy. Ah, that sounds beautiful down there. What's the hotel called? Villa Boyan, Villa Boyan, and uh, you can check it at villaboyan.com. Man, we're going to have to get some Royals fans down there and, and check it out down there. Um, hey, you're, you're welcome to bring your family anytime. Come over and visit. Get a little taste of PR and a little taste of Culebra. Awesome. Well, you got honored recently um, as part of that 1995 Puerto Rico Dream Team. You got the big hit off of Julio Valera. Um, so for those people listening who don't know about the Dream Team, uh, tell us about that experience and who some of your teammates were. Well, I mean, that was uh, the year of the strike. So uh, um, 1990, I think it was 94, 95, and uh, a lot of the players uh, didn't have to go to spring training because they were still on their strike so they decided to play in Puerto Rico and I guess the planets lined up or something like that and everybody else uh, 
I wanted to uh, to play that year. And uh, as it turned out, you know, the Dominican team was just as strong as the Puerto Rican team. And uh, it became a classic series. I mean, we had Edgar Martinez, Hall of Famer, Roberto Alomar, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, Ruben Sierra was uh, playing. Uh, Juan Gonzalez, Igor Gonzalez was playing that team. We had Bernie Williams, Carlos Delgado. So it was a array of uh, stars. You know, they were all in their prime at the same time. So it became a really, uh, really fun experience, really fun team. You know, and and that was, you know, after the season. You know, they, we played winter ball over here uh, every year. Back then was a little, but uh, you know that year they everybody decided to play. And then when we won the uh, Puerto Rican series, the uh, reinforcements uh, were playing already with different teams, and that's how the team all got together. So your birth name then was Elam Jose Rossi. So how did you end up with the nickname Rico? Uh, back in college, I, uh, after high school over there in Indiana, I started playing at Purdue. Uh, well, they recruited me. I got recruited by a few schools. I chose Purdue because it was close proximity and I had some families that, uh, took me in and they were, uh, very nice with me. So I wanted to be close to them also. So when I'm playing college ball at Purdue, uh, the coach, the players had a hard time saying Elam in Spanish, which is basically saying Elam. You know, that was, that was a little hard. It sounds uh, uh, a little harder than what it is, but everybody started saying, hey, Elam. I kept saying Elam. They didn't like it, so they say Rican. So they keep going, hey, you're Puerto Rican, you're Rican. And then somebody say, hey, Rico. And somebody said, hey, that sounds good, Rico Rossi, so that's how it stuck. So after that, that was my freshman year, so that's how I became Rico. And I've been known as Rico forever. Most people, even in my family, they know me as Rico better than Elam. So. That's cool. Okay, so 82 to 85, you were all Big Ten um, at Purdue. What are, your, what are your favorite memories of playing there at Purdue? Well, uh Memories wise from Purdue, I mean, is is a transition. It was an experience. Everything that I was going through every year was an experience for me. Uh, I think uh, the thing that uh, I remember the most, and I tell the story all the time, was about uh, even though I was a pretty good player in college, and even though I was part of the starting team, and you know. Uh, Big Ten player, every year before we went to spring break, and that was usually a trip to go to Florida, that we had to run a six-minute mile, six-and-a-half-minute mile in order to make it. <laughs> I was never a good cross-country runner. So <laughs> the one thing I remember the most was uh, not making that mile for first three or four tries and always having people trying to help me out to make that mile uh in that time and and you know and was a accomplishment to make that six and a half minute mile to make it to the spring break trip in florida <laughs> you know that was always <laughs> and a couple of guys i i you know it was a name that comes to mind was steve urbanski i had a player he was from 
uh, Jersey or somewhere in there. And every time, the first time we went to Florida, they always used to say that the cows were skinny in Florida because they're too hot. That's the only reason they were skinny. That's part of it. As, you know, I, I'm just ran, rattling out here, but that was years ago, and college was fun. You know, I, I was part of a fraternity for a while, too, so that was another part of my life that, you know, was a lot of fun. But uh, at the end of the day, it was just great memories, you know, all over, all all together. The team, the players, everybody that I had in college was fun. So I did have a couple summers that I was... You know, I'm always fond of. I just I was part of uh, being able to go to play the Alaskan uh, Summer League, kind of like the Cape Cut League. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the guys on the East Coast, would I get recruited there to go to Anchorage, Alaska? And the first year I was there, my roommate was Randy Johnson. No way. <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh, that was my first year I was there, and then when my second year, I forget. But I lived with a family over there. It was a summer team. I had to work. In the mornings, and then we played at night, and until we played the uh, midnight sun game uh, in the middle of summer. But yeah, Randy, uh, I remember we had uh, the family that we lived with. They gave us a a little Pinto to drive around, and and Randy always said to me, "Is a Rico, Puerto Ricans don't know how to drive. I'm gonna drive." But he didn't fit on the Pinto. <laughs> So we had to take the screws of the seat and push it all the way back we could so he could drive the Pinto. So imagine Randy Johnson getting a Pinto and me on the right-hand side, a little Puerto Rican over here. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. that's I, I wish there was video of that. That's great. Uh, I know. So hey, what would you major in? What, what would you have done if baseball didn't work out? Like, what was your major? I was in building construction technology. I Actually, I started going towards civil engineering. I didn't... You know, with baseball and me playing hard and everything, I didn't excel in school as I, my dad would have wanted. You know, he wanted me to be an engineer. But I ended up getting a building construction technology degree, which is basically a contractor degree okay. out of Purdue University. And that was pretty good. I mean, they got a great technology school, great construction school, great engineering school, as you know. So that was pretty good. I, I even got interviewed uh, to uh, to go work. With a company, I just, you know, I got drafted. So I ended up playing baseball. Yeah, so 30th round, 1985 by Baltimore. Uh, so take us back to the draft itself. How did you find out the news that you'd been drafted, and then when, was Baltimore the team that you thought was going to draft you? Hey, I, I wanted anybody to draft me. I mean, I, in my junior year, I got offers, uh, you know, to, you know, you know how it works uh, with college kids. Yeah. You know, if you're in junior in your junior year, and you're a pretty good player, they're going to fill you up to see if you would for go your senior year in order to get drafted, and they will draft you. So I was told, hey, I could get drafted my junior year if I was thinking about it. I said, no, I want to go to school and finish school. So I think that hurt me quite a bit. Plus, my senior year in college wasn't the best out of the three years that I, you know, played in college. So... The, the teams had the leverage. So, I mean, that that's part of baseball. I, I understood that years later. But it didn't bother me. I, I mean, I got drafted, and I said, okay, let's go at it. You know, even my, my rookie season wasn't that great. But I I went at it. You know, I, just, you know, I, I was told uh, 
my after my first year that I would be released if I didn't make the able the following spring training if I didn't make the uh, the, the team out of spring break a uh, spring training. So wow, it was a, it always it was always a, a a battle for me, you know, going going up and through the minors and through the systems and how everything worked. Yeah, so. 85, you mentioned it, Newark then, the New York Penn League, um, was your first team. So uh, you probably weren't that homesick, though, right? I mean, you'd already been so far away in Indiana, so that probably wasn't too big of a deal, right? Well, I mean, my, my biggest homesick uh, time was winter of 1979, uh, 80, I think. It was, uh, that was the that winter when I was an exchange student. Yeah, I got a little homesick December. I got, you know, we... We couldn't, uh, my folks were going to go somewhere, and we couldn't get together for the winter. I couldn't travel from Indiana to Puerto Rico that winter, so I ended up spending Christmas. And Christmas is a pretty big deal in Puerto Rico. So, you know, it just it just didn't happen. It was one of those things that didn't get together, so I got a little homesick there. But then, I mean, you, just, you keep growing up. So, I mean, remember, I was 16, uh, out of, Puerto Rico didn't speak any English, so it was hard. Yeah. But uh, I survived. So plus, you had all the snow and cold, which I'm sure <laughs> didn't help either. Uh, well, I I did jump in the snow uh, barefooted with shorts, uh, so that was the <laughs> first time I saw it. So the second and third years of pro ball, you kind of became a prospect. So 86, you hit 279, um, high A Miami and double A Charlotte. Then 87, um, you hit 287. You had 20 stolen bases at Charlotte. So I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina there for a couple of years. I loved it. So what are your favorite memories of playing in Charlotte and, and that city? Oh, that was a crooked field. I don't know if you remember that field back then in 87. That was uh, the old ballpark in the middle of nowhere in Charlotte. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, it got burned out, I mean, as, as far as I recall, years ago. And then they ended up building a really nice stadium over there. But uh, I remember uh, rooming with uh, Louis Alicea yeah. and uh, uh, me, Mike Oliveras, Oliveras, a pitcher. Uh uh, they were Puerto Ricans, uh, friends of mine, and they were both pitchers. And uh, we had another roommate, uh, Leak Ranger, I think was his name. He was an outfielder. And the four of us had this apartment, but we didn't have transportation. So we ended up waiting for about a month. We were going to get a uh, Leak Ranger had enough money, or he got some draft money that he was going to put into a car. And he said, don't worry, guys, I'm going to get a car. So... One afternoon, he came back, and he bought a two-seater. There were four of us. So we're going like, well, heck, what are we going to do? So we ended up buying this clunker that used up more oil than gas to uh, to go to the ballpark. Everybody remember when we were coming to the ballpark, because, I mean, it was smoking all over town. Uh, every trip, every road trip, and then, then just getting there and then catching those 12, 12 15-hour trips it was uh crazy i remember uh greg biagini was the manager i think he passed away here last uh, three or four years i don't know if you can recall that name or yeah i've seen the name you know, yeah. yeah yeah he passed away i you know i was sad that he passed away he was a good man but uh it was fun i mean double a for me was a lot of fun charlotte north carolina uh was fun then i got uh 
I got the opportunity. I got traded to, uh, I think it was uh, Pirates. Uh, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yep. For Terry Crowley Jr. and Joe Arcelak was who they traded you for. That's correct. And then I ended up going to my first big league camp with uh, Jimmy Leland. You know, and those, uh, when they had the great pirate scenes, they had Bobby Bonilla, Bonds, uh, Chico Lean, Vance Like was center field. Uh, you know, so they, they were, Green uh, was the first base, I think. Uh, yep, said Green. Who was their shortstop? Was uh, Jay Bell? I think Jay Bell was shortstop. That's correct. Yeah. So that was uh, that was my first experience, you know, in a big league camp or anything close to big leagues. So yeah. So, but, uh, so you spent uh, with Pittsburgh. Eighty-eight was in Buffalo. Eighty-nine Harrisburg in Buffalo, and then nineteen ninety, you were back at Buffalo, and you got kind of a break then. So on April thirtieth of ninety, the Pirates traded you to the Braves for Greg Tubbs. So what do you remember about going to Atlanta? Was that kind of an exciting thing for you? I was very excited. I wanted to get out of out of Pittsburgh there because I was kind of stuck there. I mean, they kept putting shortstops through. Uh, through Buffalo, they wanted to have a winning team over there because they just, but uh, you know, they just opened a new ballpark. You know, when I got to AAA that year, uh, wasn't it Rocky Bridges was the manager, hmm. uh, the old timer. I don't know if you remember him, but he uh, he just wanted to play veterans, the guys that were coming, you know, from the big leagues down to AAA. That's you know, I mean, it, there's things as a young player that you get experience. And you got to learn. I mean, of course, everybody who goes through the system wants to play every day, but you don't get that chance unless you know you've been to the big leagues a little bit. And then when they send you down, they want insurance. They they want somebody with experience that if somebody gets hurt in the big leagues, it's going to get to play every day. So when you still haven't been all the way up, they kind of you know hit the brakes on you a little bit. So I felt that I wasn't giving a full chance over there. Uh, those years. Yeah. You there? Hello? Yeah, yeah. So get yeah, so get to Atlanta then. So you spent nineteen ninety between Greenville uh and Richmond. Man, that Richmond team, Steve Avery, Francisco Cabrera, Dave Justice, Tommy Green, Kent Merker, John Miserock. How much fun was that ninety season at Richmond? Oh, that was that was crazy. Even uh what was his name? The football player uh, Neon Dion went yeah. to there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that was uh yeah, that, was a, that was a blast. I mean, to see that guy, you know, I remember, you know, seeing for the first time ever, uh, you know, somebody as fast as, as Deion Sanders. I mean, that was going to hit an inside the park home run in, in, in Richmond. That I was like, I mean, it was impressive. His speed, I never saw anybody faster to this day. I mean, in my years that I played, I never seen anybody faster than Deion. But, uh, no, that was that was an impressive team, and I, I I had a chance to play it every day over there a lot, and I mean I think that was my big break. I mean I remember because uh, the year that I got called up, even if, if it was a cup of tea, you know, uh, Phil Necro fought a lot for me to get up to the big leagues, and I was you know grateful to him for that. But uh, also Vinny Castilla went through that year too. Yeah. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, he was the big prospect. You know, he ended up being traded later to, you know, uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Uh, you know, he became a big star. But he's a fun, fun player. You know, fun player to watch and a good 
teammate. You know, he ended up playing mostly short. I ended up playing mostly second that year. But we both ended up in the big leagues the same year. I mean, he went a week before I did up to the big leagues. But, hey, I got to see, you know, Atlanta go from worst to first, even yeah. though I was sitting on the bench. <laughs> so, so I didn't mind it at all. I mean, they gave me one at bat. I struck out. Okay, so that was it. Then traded <laughs> to Kansas City. So, okay, so back to Atlanta real quick. Do, do you remember? Okay, so when I was a kid growing up, I played second base and shortstop. So, like, you were one of my favorite players. Do you remember Edgar Caceres later on? He was one of my favorite players. And then there, I appreciate that. Yeah, there was a guy with the, the Braves. So this is a, this is probably a name you haven't heard in like 20 years. Do you remember playing with Alex Infante? Infante, yes, I do. <laughs> I yeah, love that guy. Infante, that was a good player, too. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I, you know, I mean, if you, if you look back to the way the game is or the game, the way the game was, you know, for every chance you get, you know there was another kid that wasn't getting that chance, you know. These are things that you uh, think about later on in your life. But I, I remember Infante. I remember a couple of infielders that also thought that they should have gotten the break and they didn't get the break. Yeah. You know, and, and basically, I know, I mean, a lot of guys hit a lot better than I did, but I was pretty good in defense. So at the end of the day, when you get a pretty good pitching staff, what they want is big people to pick up the ball, you yeah. know, more so than than hitting. You know, that's what they get the big one, two, three, four, five, six guys, seven in the lineup. I was always eight or nine, so. but <laughs> you know, that's that's what it was. So I got lucky in that in that sense. You know, yeah. good pitching staff needed good defense, and that was basically my chance. My uh, I mean, I, I, my high school Spanish name was Rico. After you. <laughs> <laughs> You know they make, they make Americans pick a, a Spanish name in, in Spanish class. So, <laughs> so you, you decided to call yourself Rico. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, uh, three of the years I was actually Hippolito one year for Pichardo, but three of the years I was Rico. oh Hippolito Pichardo. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Hippolito. He's a good friend, good roommate. You yeah. know, I, you know, it's, it's good memories with Hippolito. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so you, so like you said, you get called up in 1991, the end of the year there pennant race um so let's go back to the moment you got called up to the big league so were you expecting to get called up that year and, and where were you at when you got the news who told you all that good stuff no no i wasn't as a matter of fact we had a team kind of a party meeting where i was saying that i was planning of uh, retiring from baseball because i mean we, when you go through seven years uh of uh minors and triple a and triple a every year and and you know the competition, and you're going like, boy, I need to get a better break or whatever. I don't know what I need to do to get up there, you know. And then you see what always happens. You got younger players, little prospects, somebody that gets drafted higher that's going to get pushed by the scouting staff or by whoever is in the front office that has something to do with that draft choice. So, you know, you, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I was the 30th pick. I wasn't supposed to make it. I was supposed to fill out and... And fill the roster and, and see what happens. So it, it just, you know, it's one of those things that we had that party. I was going like, okay, I guess I got to think of another career. And then uh, Bill called me up and said, hey, Rico, you know. So, I mean, I, he was really happy for me. I mean, I, this is an all bet that appreciated good defense. And, and yeah, he, he, he gave me that chance. He fought for me. I will always appreciate what he did there because, you know, you get through the door, 
then after that, you got to, you know, come on and show people what you can do or not. You know, it's just, you got your little break, so now show us. But, you know, to, to go back a little bit before that year, I mean, the reason I got traded uh, to the Braves, uh, in, you know, I don't want to get into the negative part of the, of the game or anything like that, but, you know, it's, I was getting stuck, so I requested a meeting. Uh, I think it was Giordano was the the uh, GM back then, and uh, I'll come up with the name now, uh, but he was the minor league director that had the brakes on me. Then he got, I don't know how it happened, but he ended up with Atlanta the next spring training, you know, I got to see him. I, you know, I said, "Listen, you had me stuck over there, and you you offered me a job as a coach and stay in the system. I didn't want it because you needed uh, somebody that was bilingual with a college degree or something like that." Uh, I told him I was glad I didn't take it. You know, but this is a uh, one of those experiences that you know he he remembers because I remember walking to spring training and and seeing him, and I said. I think I was right. I think you were wrong. You know, I remember crossing paths with him and telling him that. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that makes you fill up your chest a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, I only ended up getting, what, three, four years, uh, three years or something of service, you know, where if I would have stayed as a coach or something like that, I probably would have ended up with more time in the big leagues. But I didn't take that route. So, well. I think you took the right one, and you, you get to the to the Braves up in Atlanta. Who were some of the Atlanta guys that kind of took you under you know their wing that were nice to you at first? Oh, uh, Terry Pelton. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I will always remember. Him. Yeah, he was a great guy. You know, he was this one guy that was always uh, fun. Uh, Lanky was always fun. You know, guy that you know they they all. I mean, these guys. Uh, you know, some of them knew what hard work they had to go through to get to the big leagues. And and survive it, you know. Uh, some of them already were getting better contracts, and so they have that status of uh, you know of the uh, star players. But they they know their beginnings, so they they treat you nice. I mean, and there's a lot of them. I mean, there's few in the big leagues that don't treat people right at all. But you know, I'm not going to get into that. But there were a lot more better guys. And I'll give you another story. I mean, I. You know, when I got traded to Kansas City, George Brett was a great guy. I mean, I think he took upon himself to make sure every every new player or whatever, you know, he took under his wing a little bit and showed him. Well, the same thing that Pedalton did in in Atlanta. I mean, he was always Rico. You know, I was always taking ground balls with him, and he was showing me the ropes, and this is what you need to do, and just do your thing. But, you know, I mean, he was concentrating and trying to win a pennant, too. But, I mean, this great guys, you know. So, I mean, spring training helps because you get to see these guys in spring training. They get to see you. And even though you don't play with them the whole year, I mean, that year with Atlanta, I, was, I wasn't up or down. I, they just called me up late. But uh, they remember. You know, they remember what you did in some of the spring training games. And they, they say, yeah, you can play. You can play at this level. So, it can feel good. Yeah, you, you, didn't you have like a walk-off single in spring training to beat somebody that year? I think I read that. A big hit. I, I, God, if I, I wish I could remember every <laughs> hit I got. We'll you know, just say you did. I do, 
I know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I do remember a couple games in my career. I, I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of hits I don't remember. I mean, I was always worried about, are they going to send me down? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not easy playing. It's not easy playing when when you go to bed every night going like, God, I wonder if they're going to send me down tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can I can understand. So your first game was September 11th. You pinch ran for Lonnie Smith. How nervous were you that day? I was pumped, but that same day, I think, because I was laughing so hard because uh, uh, Vinny Castilla in Castilla got to play that day also, and he got a pinch hit. <laughs> and when he got to first base, the whole ballpark went crazy. And he was clapping, so he started pulling his helmet out and waving to the crowd and everything. And what the crowd was reacting to was that they just clinched the pennant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know about it, so we were all cracking and even dog at him. And then I got called away. It's Rico, you know, next time around. And Lonnie got the hit or whatever. And then, hey, you got to go pinch run. So I was nervous, you know. It was like crazy, you know. You start stepping into the field. Yeah. yeah You're going to have cameras on you, but, you know, you go through that and going through that and then after a while it just becomes you know your part of your game yeah so, so october 6th was your first uh at bat like you said you struck out do you remember the pitcher you faced not even close i got no idea who struck me out but i know that it was three pitches i think it was kurt well, schilling no kidding. Yeah, I looked that up and I was like, "Wow, he faced Kurt Schilling his first at bat." <laughs> well, no wonder, no wonder why I went through one, two, three right there. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Well, I like, having had an at bat in a month, I mean, I, I said, "What was it? Three weeks of uh, practicing every day and pregame drills and everything, and nervous of when were you going to play?" And the whole team is going through a pennant race, so it just. Uh, but, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I and mean, now I know what the heck what I can tell my buddies. Now you can feel better about that that strikeout. So yeah. so you guys, uh, so you weren't in the playoff roster, but you guys went to the World Series, lost heartbreaking to the Twins in Game 7. Did, did you ever think you might get on the playoff roster? And then where did you watch that? Were you in Atlanta in case somebody got hurt? Or where did you watch that World Series from? No, I, I was in Atlanta the whole time. Uh, you know, it's just basically they... they they kept you around for a few days. Uh, you never knew. They say you had to stick around for a little bit, but that you know that was it. You know, so okay. I was watching the games every every night. Uh, you know, but when they were at home, I mean, of course, you know, I was around the ballpark. But you know, they, you know, I, I got my cup of tea there, and I I wasn't gonna uh, get mad at anybody. You know, so yeah, so. A month after the World Series then, uh, December of 91, the Braves trade you for Bobby Moore uh, to the Royals on December 10th. So how did you find out that you'd been traded to KC? And then were you excited about that? Were you nervous? What, what was that like? No, I was I was a little nervous. But, I, I you know, how Mike Gray had seen me play before, and, you know, I, I, I met him. So uh, somehow I, I thought it was in my benefit because, I, I you know, looking at the roster in Atlanta, I mean, I, I thought – you know, Belliard was uh, still going to be the utility guy, uh, you know, for Bobby. Uh, and that was going to be my role, you know. So it was, I thought it was in my benefit to get traded, you know. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you're going like, okay. So, I mean, this is part of what I got to go through. Anything that happened after 91, to me, was a step up, you know. So 
I couldn't look at it in a negative way. Everything was, uh, okay, so this is the next thing. Let's see how it goes and go from there. So 1992, first spring training with the Royals. Baseball City was the uh, spring training back then. What do you remember about Baseball City and, and that first spring training? Well, I was able to live in uh, in Orlando with my brother. He had in an apartment there. So I was basically commuting. And then Chico Lean had, was it that year that he got traded there? Yeah. Or was the year, uh, yeah. One of those years. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was that year or next year. I, no, Chico wasn't there. Yeah, it might have been that first year because I think it was Chico and Miller playing second base. And uh, I was... Uh, Trying to get back there with, uh, let me see. They had the uh, Eddie was third baseman yeah. that year. and Gagney and, and David Howard. Had, well, David Howard was the other shortstop with me in spring training. And, and Gagney wasn't until the, the following yeah, year. Yeah, next year, 93. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought Chico was, was Chico 92? I think I'm he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Because I remember, I remember that I had to go pick him up, and Chico helped me a lot, you know, going through the ropes there, and and basically, yeah, it was Chico and Miller because uh, they all were always going about who got the biggest uh, contract that year, and one said, "Well, you can hit worth a crab," and the one said, "Well, you can pick worth a crab." So they were always having that argument, <laughs> but it was fun, you know, those two guys. So they're, they're, oh, Wally, Wally was there, Joiner, uh-huh. uh, yeah. that's true. And uh, left fielder was uh, the guy that came from the Mets. Uh, Kevin McReynolds, yeah. Kevin Reynolds there. And then the pitching staff. You know, you had David Cohn going through there, I think. And the young Lubiza, Apier, Montgomery. Yeah, uh-huh. a couple of those guys. Yeah, young Apier, you know. The funny leg kick. <laughs> yeah, the wipeout slider. Uh, so- That's right. That's right. So you had a good spring in 92, but they sent you to Omaha. But then you get the call-up to KC on April 24th. So what was that second call-up to the big leagues like? Well, I, I thought it was like two or three days. I don't know. What it was. was it April 24th? That's right, what it right? said. So I, it, was a, it was a month month after. That's, a, that's what the like media that. guide says. Who knows? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm trying to recall everything. I, you know, I'm just trying to think because I think uh, – it was one of those things where, because I know one year might have been the second year that I got called up the day after they sent me down. Yeah, yeah. opening day, yeah. 93, yeah. Yeah, okay, so there we go. 92, yeah, I got called up a month after that. That is correct. Uh, I don't know, I mean, it's just fun to get up there quick. You know, it is, to me, it was very quick. You know, Bobby Cox is the manager in AAA, and... uh he, he always liked me as a player. I mean, Bobby was a, a fun guy. Let me see. Uh, you mean Je- Jeff go- Cox, right? I mean, Cox, not Bobby Cox. Yeah, Jeff Cox. Two Coxes right. in a row. <laughs> well, I, I, good thing my English is better, huh? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so, what yeah, was- that was it. But but I, I struggled that first call, though. I I. You know, they called me for defense, and they put me a couple games of chores up, and I had not played in turf. I remember at Kansas City, turf was bouncy. And there were a couple plays that I know I should have made, but I, I didn't make, and I think that hurt me. Because uh, they, you know, I know how 
spot for me. I, he wanted me to excel, do well. You know, I mean, Brian was center fielder, his son. You know, good guy, fun guy. Uh, that was, you know, it was a good experience. I mean, George was still there, you know. So, at the end of the day, the, the whole meaning of the whole thing is just to win. I mean, so, no matter how, how long you have played, if you played losing all your career, you're never going to, you know, get to that next level that they want you to get to. So, then. Oh, this is 1992. 1992. Your first uh, big league hit came in your first at bat as a Royal. So it was your second major league at bat. You got your first hit. It was a double, uh, RBI double, by the way. Can you name that pitcher? No. <laughs> Jimmy Key, another good pitcher. No kidding. Yeah, it's the lefty, Jimmy Key. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's when I could hit lefties. Then I don't know what happened. After a while, I couldn't. So. <laughs> well, at that time, they figured me out. So you, you probably... Well, I mean, you know, it, 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 adrenaline has a lot to do with it, you know, the first, the bad. I, I think I recalled a couple home runs after getting recalled. Yeah. The big leagues or something like that. Uh, it happens a couple of years. Same thing happened in, uh, in Seattle when I got called up. Yep. So, I mean, adre- adrenaline has a lot to do with it. Your, uh, but, your first big league home run was at Cleveland. You, you probably don't remember the picture, right? But I have the answer, so don't worry. <laughs> it was... Uh, Jack Armstrong was the pitcher. Yes, I did remember that one. Okay. He got in trouble for for for, uh, for serving a home run to somebody that <laughs> wasn't supposed to hit him. <laughs> but, well, you got in, was, in about 60 games or 59 you know, games. If, to if, be if, I, if I recall, that was the old ballpark, and that was a pretty big ballpark, too. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Cleveland Municipal Stadium. See, you're flexing your muscles right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would have checked my bat too. <laughs> so. Uh, so 59 games that year. Um, so you were up basically from like mid-April to late July. They sent you back down. Were you surprised they never gave you a September call-up that year in '92? Yeah, I was a little down on it, uh, yeah. but they they wanted to check some other people. And I think uh, David Hour was still, you know, big big pool over there. They wanted David to play a lot more and. You know what? What can you do? I mean, I I I got I got a chance. You know, I got a chance. I didn't excel. It's just uh, what it was. I mean, just the way the game goes. I uh, stay on top. And I I know. I mean, I if I think back to the game a little bit more, it's hard to be an in between player and hit. You know, it's, that's an art. That's somebody that can sit on the bench three or four days, come over and. Hit the ball hard. I mean, and and you got to remember one thing. I mean, as a utility player, you you get to play uh, on Sundays after a night game mm-hmm. when nobody wants to play, or or when they're facing a tough pitcher that somebody doesn't want to hit that they know that they never hit. So they say, well, this would be a good day to get a day off and and let somebody else take those four swings and try to get a hit. You know, so. I, mean, I I I do recall every time Randy was pitching, uh, whatever team I always got a chance to play, you know. So <laughs> that's funny. Uh, you know. I, I hey, I give I give you a better funny story. You know when, you know Randy and I. I told you earlier we were roommates in Alaska. Yeah. So when we 
get to see each other and we're playing against each other, we always had a bet. And it was a, you know, a, a kind of cute little bet. It was like, if he struck me out, I owe him a six pack of beer. But if I make contact, he owe me a six pack of beer. <laughs> Not if I got a hit, if I make contact. That was his bet with me all the time. So I think I came out even with him. So. <laughs> just bunt, right? I just bunt at that point. <laughs> How, so how did 93 work then? How did you – so you, like, got sent down but then got called up the next day and made the opening day roster? How, well, I, I, I was I was really down because I had a good spring training that year. I mean, I was really good. I thought I – you know, I said, you know, I – and that was one of those things where you're the 26th, 27th man on the 25-man roster. It always sucks. Yeah. But I had a really, really good – Spring training that year, and there was some. Uh, who was uh, the player that they took instead of me? But then they sent him down the day after, or something like that. I. Uh, it was an infielder, third baseman too. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Bill Hyatt is. Uh, no, no, Phil. No, he got called up later too. Not Phil. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying. Think, Jose uh, Moda? Nope. Not Moda. Although he was a... Uh, yeah, he's, he's made a good career in baseball. But, yeah, announcer, uh, right? Oh, oh. Yep. Uh, no, not Moda. Uh, he was in Latin. He's a black fellow. Uh, let me see. Uh, not Caceres. Uh, who else is No, there? no, no. No, no, no. He was a little stacky. Uh, oh my. Why am I forgetting uh, this? I should know this. My specialty is middle infielders. <laughs> I know it is just. Well, I played with a couple of them. One that got hurt. One that got to play with me. That was a good friend. Uh, and uh, somebody else. He was always second base or stuff. Uh, he was pretty fast. But uh, yeah, I'll come up with the name in that. But anyway, uh, that year, I was, you know, devastated. <laughs> and then I sat and. I mean, I remember going back home on the bus. We were in Jacksonville. And me and Rick Reed were the last two that didn't make the club. And, uh, that, you know, I mean, you remember, we drove me and Rick with the whole team in the two buses to the airport. Then the two buses emptied out, and there's me and Rick coming by ourselves to Orlando. Get chopped off. So we ended up getting... Uh, you know, a couple, couple cases, not a couple cases, I mean, a couple six-packs, whatever, and having some beers, you know, down. Because we were all devastated, you know. I was more so than he was, and I was going like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that, that night, I get back home with my brother, and I said, brother, I didn't make the team, I got two days off, so let's go out partying a little bit. So I ended up coming about four in the morning with my brother, and uh, I got called up at six in the morning. Hey, you got to come over to the minor league complex. <laughs> I go, and you got to sit around. I think they had Phil Hyatt there too. So the, one of you two guys are going to get called up. And <laughs> they had me there until noon. Oh gosh! And you know how every spring training, uh, they have uh, the, the players get their vehicles put into a into a van and they get transported to Kansas City. Yeah. So since I was in the bubble, I wasn't given that chance. So they told me, they said, hey, listen, uh, 
you're gonna go to the big leagues for opening day, but you gotta you gotta haul ass. You gotta get up there. And I said, well, I need to get my car up there. I said, well, you can either pay to get it up there or you can drive it up. That's okay. I'll drive it up. Oh my god! So I ended up. Yeah, I drove it that spring training. I got there to opening day, but I was driving my ass off to get there. <laughs> and a little tired, if I can leave from the night before. Oh my but, gosh! Uh, you had to drive the whole way. Wow, <laughs> that's like yeah, a, I drove straight through. It's like a twenty-hour drive. <laughs> I did that right after going out the night before. Wow! But again, you know, you got adrenaline, adrenaline going through your veins, yeah. and then hey, you know, they're gonna—they called me up right away, and I was happy. Yeah. So you didn't you know. didn't have Red Bull back then either, unfortunately, to get you going. Well, I, you know, I, I it's funny, but I never never get into any of that stuff. To, to get me going, I thought adrenaline was good enough. Yeah. So, was it? Uh, you know. Was the infielder Curtis Wilkerson, Craig Wilson, or Terry Shumpert? Okay, that, is, that was Wilson, the one that okay. gets him down that day. But Curtis, Curtis was a, my buddy Wilkerson. He got hurt that one year too, but I think it was that year. Uh, yeah, we we pretty good buddies when we were in AAA the whole time. You He's know. a good player with the Cubs too. Yeah. Curtis, what's he up to? I mean, I haven't talked to him for years. I've been trying to find him, actually. I've talked to a lot of your former teammates. I'll have to update you here in a few minutes. I got a whole bunch of them. Um, By the way, so 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 one of the most bizarre things ever. So you got put on the DL like 10 days into that year with chicken pox, right? What's that story? Oh, that's right. That was a DL from hell, chicken pox. (laughs) I forgot about that one. (laughs) I was... uh, uh, well, I don't know how you get chicken pox, but I got them, and they they quarantined me. I couldn't be around anybody. So, yes, that was correct. Chicken pox. <laughs> so you... God, I, I, I gotta I gotta read those media guys more often. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you like like had to be quarantined, like kind of like that virus, the coronavirus, right? You're just by yourself for like ten days or something. Uh, like something like that. Yeah. I just, it was uh, I was in Overland Park. I remember I was just not doing anything. Just couldn't go anywhere. You know, they they quarantine me. So, <laughs> Order pizza. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, it was a very lonely time. <laughs> so uh, this is pretty cool. So after you came off the DL, the Royals sent you to Omaha. So you were in Omaha for five weeks. Then June seventh, you spent the rest of the year in Kansas City. Um, your first night back, you played second base, and you hit your first home run of the season off of Jeff Johnson of the Yankees. Do you remember that at all? I remember that home run because, I mean, Kansas City was a big field, too. And for me, you know, come over and, you know, that was that was fun. It was, that day was fun. I remember that day. It's getting called up and hitting a home run on the first pitch. I thought it was the first pitch. I don't know. It probably was. I, then... <laughs> And then you had another big home run. You had a game-tying home run um, against Baltimore and Brad Pennington. You guys were down one nothing in the eighth. You tied it, and then you guys scored like seven runs. Do you have any recollection of that? Uh, not quite, but, I mean, you, you only got one more home run left in the big league career that I had. So. <laughs> we'll get to it. Don't worry. <laughs> Battle, but that's coming up here soon. Uh, okay, so second, short, and third is what you played with the Royals. Did, did you have a favorite between second, short, and third, or a least favorite? No, shortstop was always my favorite. Uh, I thought I was pretty good at in, in, anywhere in the infield. You know, I, I thought 
I think second base, it took me a while to get used to it and getting used to the turn, the pivot. Uh, but, I, I, you know, once you know your footwork and everything else, uh, every, everything becomes second nature. So I was, a, was able to uh, understand the dynamics of the three positions and, and play it pretty good. I mean, just all you want is playing time. So you don't care, you know. So, I mean, if they would have told me, hey, you got to play outfield or catch, which I did in the minors one year. <laughs> uh, I, I cut two games one year. I think it was Triple uh, A. Uh, I think it was Buffalo. I forgot what the minor. No, yeah, one of the minor league teams, the Triple A, that I, they, they I had to catch a doubleheader. Believe it or not. Oh God. We. We got one guy called up, one was hurt, and the other one was on the way. So, uh, uh, so we needed a catcher for that day. Believe me, the scouts were there was a scout in the back when we were saying, "Who's that guy catching? It's terrible." <laughs> I said, "Well, he's our shortstop." <laughs> That's great. Well, '94 was that stupid strike year. Um, so you spent that whole season at Omaha once the year started. Did, did you feel like you did that strike screw you up at all? Like, do you feel like you and were you surprised you never got back to KC in '94? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it didn't happen. I, I, I got my break. Uh, I was insurance. It, it, everything depended. I mean, I think that's when I started becoming like the insurance guy or whatever in my career. You know, you get past that age where, well, he's a veteran. You know, so I was starting to fall into that category that he's a veteran, and you know, we'll keep him around. He still can you know, move fast enough to catch the ball and stuff like that. I, I was down, you know, I think it called up, but I, you know, it, I think the strike hurt a lot. Uh, and then when I got to Puerto Rico that year, I was free agent and San Diego Padres uh, wanted me, you know, and I'm like, great, but there's not going to be any spring training. So that, you know, didn't work out for the best until, you know, I mean, is that, I didn't get, I, you know, I didn't get everything that I wanted, but I don't feel that I got cheated either. It's just, I don't know if you can follow that. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I mean, just, you know, it is the dealt, what I was dealt, you know, I mean, that's the deck that I was dealt and just to live with, you know, I just, I mean, there's guys that dream of getting there, I get there, I just. The year of the strikes, you know, when you're at your prime, when you feel that you're at your, you know, I got a little taste of the big leagues, I just need to get another chance to maybe get that second, third year in the show so, you know, you get to go through arbitration or whatever, or you get good enough, you get a little bit more money. At the end of the day, I mean, everybody's dying to to get a little bit more or, you know, more security, you know, maybe a two-year deal or whatever, you know, I mean, I... I you know, I just to be always in the bubble was hard. I mean, uh, psychologically, physically, it's always uh, hard to to understand it, to cope with it, to you know. I mean, especially I was playing. I mean, that year I played what 130 games in the minors, then went to Puerto Rico, played winter ball, and then get to the dream team. So I was roughly going through 170 games that year. Yeah. So, there's a sort of toll on your body, and then you still at the end of the day, you have to say, well, I got two weeks off, and I got to go to spring training. Wow. Nice. So, 
I feel so you like, don't get a chance to work out. I feel like you might have gotten a call up that year too, because they were the Royals were probably going to make the playoffs that year. They were hot '94. I think they would have wanted a veteran off the bench, which sucks, but oh well. <laughs> I guess that's what. Yeah, happened. but that, you know, the strike happened, and and then you know, and I tell you what, you know, I mean, I still feel that San Diego. I mean, I think they were going to call me up, and I got hurt. And it was just one of those bad timing things where, oh. you know. You could get. I mean, I was night after the strike that 90, 95, right? Yeah, ninety four, uh, ninety five. Yep. Yeah, they. I was playing in, in Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Was, boy. And that was Triple A, and uh, I was uh, Smitty. Uh, Smitty was the coach. Uh, uh, was, was the surfer guy that was with uh, Bruce Bochy, and yeah. uh, the guy was my manager over there in Triple A. I loved him. Was it hard to focus playing in Vegas? Because I love to gamble. I love Vegas. Did you have trouble like focusing on baseball, or was it easy? I lived in the casino the first year. They had the <laughs> old uh, Sahara Hotel. Really? Uh, and Yeah, and since I was always kind of like, you know, you never know when you're going to get called out. It didn't make sense to get an apartment. And so they offered us rooms at the Sahara Hotel at a great deal. And they would keep our suitcases in a kind of like a storage owner's closet type thing, one of those units. Yeah. But, I mean, the stories were true. Back then, you know, they, they pumped oxygen in the rooms, but I could never sleep in the hotel. <laughs> That's one hotel I could never sleep. And then you go to the lobby, and if you got a pen on your pocket, you're going like, well, let me try black or red. And if I get hit any one of you, stay in the casino for a while. You know, so, that was crazy. I've always you heard the stories. I mean, everybody went through Vegas. The team always did worse because they were all partying up yeah. in the casinos and hanging out. But it's, it's true. I mean, you stayed up all night. Las Vegas is crazy. Oh, my God. Las like, Vegas like, keep, keep you up, especially if you stayed in a hotel. That's you get bored and then you get hungry. You just go down, get a drink, and get a meal for free. <laughs> so, wow, that, that's amazing. You lived in the Sahara for a few months. That's awesome. Uh, and before they blew it up and they destroyed it and everything, they built some big ones now. Yeah, yeah, every day yep. it seems like. So there was uh, one tragic thing in May of '96. If, if, if I'm remembering correctly, Mike Sharperson had been called up to the big leagues and then he was like driving. We had a we had a great team that year. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had a tragedy. He's you know, it's crazy. Was he that driving was to the airport man. to get called up and he got in a crash? Is that what happened? I think so. I think that was the, uh, if I recall correctly. Ugh. What was he like? Was, uh, he, a good, was, was he a good dude? He was a great guy. I mean, you know, again, this is a veteran guy that's been to the show, comes down, always helps out the young guys, laying about his business, was doing great, hitting great. And he got his call up. You know, anybody gets called up, they, they know that feeling. And just, so he was, uh, Yep, good guy. Yeah. You know, uh, we got that that team. We had Rob Deere too. He was always a veteran. I think Doug Desenzo was there too that year. Oh wow! They had some veteran players playing around, and we had a good team. You know, we're doing good too. Yeah. So, so uh, after uh, a couple years of the Padres, then you went to the Expos for '97 Triple A Ottawa. Any any good memories of that, or not really? Well, I do have. Great memories. I mean, I think, you know, going back to 95 was the year I got married. So, oh. And, and you know, that was always, 
you know, uh, something that I always wanted my wife to experience. That hey, you know, you you got to get a taste of the big league. So, '96, you know, it didn't happen. But she was with me in Vegas, and then '97, we I get, you know, picked up by Montreal and ended up playing in uh, Ottawa. Yeah. That was their Triple A team in Ottawa over there, under Pat Kelly. Again, you know, I was one of those veteran players because I had that stamp of veteran player that helps out the rookies and um, whatever. And I didn't get to play every day, but I was excelling. I was doing pretty good. Uh, who was the uh, Mullins? Bam Bam Mullins was going through there with me. Yeah. Uh, the veterans that, that went through there, over there. Uh, short stuff that got traded to Houston that went through there, too. I got to play quite a few years, I think. You know, uh, uh, switch hitter. Uh, Casey Candell? No, 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 Casey Candell. He's a tall, tall switch hitter, blonde hair, surfer, looked like. Uh, yeah, I played with uh, Houston four or five years in the show. Uh, I don't know my Astros very well. That's <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 before they were banging on trash cans too, but it's pre-trash cans. Uh, I guess I, I don't want to get into that. You know. So, nineteen ninety. At the end of the day, but that that year in ninety seven, yeah. I I remember that one game that I got it recorded as the, the only game I could. I hit three home runs in one game. What? That you got? You can look at look it up. It's a game that I played there that I hit three home runs. Wow. In one game, and I didn't hit the fourth one because they were trying to walk me. So <laughs> I went after a three-zero pitch, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those uh, once in the blue moon days that everything is clicking, and you knew exactly. I mean, it might have been somebody banging down the hallway a drum or something, but I knew every pitch that was coming. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, nineteen ninety-eight in Seattle, uh, you spent most of the year at AAA Tacoma, but then you got another stint. Um, in the big league. So, were you, okay, so were you expecting that year? Did you think it, there was no chance it was going to happen? Well, I was, uh, I was, I had a very good spring training again, you know, and uh, they basically, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to impress, but I guess Lou liked the way I won the bat in spring training and the way I picked the ball. And, you know, at some point they had, uh, 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 you know, I mean, they had A-Rod, of course, at short up there. Uh, uh, Joey was second base. The uh, Gee was first base. And uh, Davis was third baseman. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a home run guy, third baseman, but he was struggling in defense. So they got a little fed up with his defense. And, you know, they I was doing good in AAA, and then they gave me a chance. That first game, I... I did a pretty good impression. I mean, it helped also that, you know, Joey was there, uh, Edgar was there, you know. Griffey. I knew Randy was there, and Griffey, you know. But, I mean, I felt, uh, I mean, I had more experience. I had played the game for a while. Some people knew me. I, you know, yeah, I've been playing for 13 years back then or 12 years. So it was a little more comfortable for me. I was in pretty good shape because for some reason I decided that year to really I don't know. Work hard, a little harder, and in my, in my, uh, uh, you know, extracurricular bodybuilding. Everybody was getting into doing more training, more, more things uh, away from 
you know, just taking grounders and hitting batting practice, you know. So I started working harder, and I pit out. You know, it just, at some point, somebody noticed, and I mean, that was a surprise. I was a little surprised. I, I, I won't lie to you. I was at 98. It was a big surprise. I was happy. My wife got to see what Big Leagues was all about. So that was a good experience. I mean, I, you know, playing, I, it was a great team they had, too. I mean, I was playing A-Rod was there. Yeah. Uh, Buner, you know, it was oh, yeah. a, a whole, the whole team, you know, is just a, they had a little trouble with the pitching at the end, but we were still in the race <clears throat> all the way to the end, you know. Yeah. So I think Chicago was the one that blew us that year. You, but after uh, that, I, I did the full circle after that, if you recall. Yeah, well, before – before we get to that, I got to give you credit, man. Don't don't forget that home run you hit. Your second at bat with Seattle off Mike Oquist of Oakland, right? Another home run. Yeah, I played with Oquist. He was hating himself big time that because <laughs> he was a teammate of mine. I think it was Richmond or somewhere. He was a teammate of mine, and you know, for some reason, he thought that I can get this fastball through by Rico. <laughs> I know he hated himself. If you ask him, he will tell you the same thing. What if? <laughs> What about uh, playing with Randy Johnson? Was that cool again, like 15 years later or whatever it was, 12 years later? Yeah, no, he was fine. You know, it was, I mean, Randy was a star already, and he's just, you know, a little bit of a – and he was dealing with, uh, with the transition by himself there because that was the year he got traded to Arizona, I think. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. And uh, he was, uh, you know, so at some point he was in a happy camper there, I think, and he was in the bubble saying so they're going to trade me, they're going to trade me or not, whatever, so – so it, but it was, you know, it's good to see him. But, I, I mean, I spent most of the time with Edgar and Joey, you know, over there. Uh, you know, and A-Rod, you know, I got to meet A-Rod pretty good. And, you know, that's when A-Rod was starting to excel. He's, you know, I always regret the fact that I did get on that plane after they, you know, that we finished the season. I'm coming back to Puerto Rico. We didn't make the playoffs or anything. So everybody says goodbye. You pack your stuff and you're getting on the plane. And I got on the plane with, uh, you know, Lupinella. I never had a chance because the uh, GM came over to me and said, Rico, we're going to take you off the roster for obvious reason. You're a veteran. We need the space to put some of the rookies in it. But you still have a chance you can sign up with us, you know, back for next year. So I talked to my agent back then. He said, well, there's a couple more teams interested. And they might offer you more money and the might look inside. So at the end of the day, I am married. My well-being and my family, so I'm thinking, well, chances are that I'm still going to be up and down in the bubble with whoever I play with, so I'll probably take more money on the minor league side just to be able to hang. But at the end of that, I probably should have stayed with Seattle because that's the year A-Rod got hurt, you know? Oh. So, and the one thing that I do regret never saying anything was that Lou Pinella walked in the same flight with me and right when I was going to say something, you know, to the kind of something like, hey, Lou, are you going to need me next year? Yes or no? Tell me now so I can make a decision. Right. I never had that chance. I always regret that. Because, I, I mean, he could have told me right away, Rico, I will, I will use you. Stay with us. You know, something like that. But I never did. Oh. Somebody got in the middle of that, you know, I'm walking to him and somebody wanted to say something to Lou. And then I, I never had that chance. Oh, man. So, that's you know, I, and managers, you know, you, you get to know him. Lou was a great guy. I I never, you know, same thing with Hal. You know, to me, Hal was a great 
great guy with me. He he always fought for me. He was a good guy. He just didn't get all his breaks or you know get the winning team. I mean, it's it's hard hard to figure out some somehow how this game plays out. And I mean, as, as you discovered, it doesn't look like it gets played out too fair right. lately. But at the end of the day, it's just you know chances that you take or not take in life, and sometimes you know you think about them. I don't regret it. I mean, it happened, like I told you earlier, you know, this is what I was dealt, and this is how I go about it, you know. That's the path that I had for me and my family. Well, so, so. Ni- 1999 then would be your last year um, of Pro Bowl. So you signed with the Royals, right? Then you ended up with San Diego. Tell us, t- you know, take us through that last year. Well, it was, uh, that's, that's the team that ended up offering me more money than minor league side, you know. So I ended up going back to Kansas City, a familiar, you know, crew. I knew a lot of people around the, the team, the minors and everything. Uh, just, I decided, you know, um, I mean, they, spring training was still in Florida, and, uh, and uh, I decided to, uh, I think it was my brother's, uh, I was close to my brother, my younger brother. He, him and his wife had a dog. He was a, uh, Chitsu? Uh, is that uh Yeah, yeah. Chow, no, a Chow Chow. That was right, a Chow Chow. Oh. And somehow I was playing with him a little bit rough and he got mad and he bit my hand. Well, you know, that took two weeks out of spring training and those two weeks really basically did it for me because I was released. I mean that's being released is kinda like the I mean, that was my second time being released, I guess call it <clears throat> but it you know it didn't hurt as bad as the first time but it hurt uh first time was when i went to spring training with the mets and it's one of those things that you don't get a chance to play they bring you in and somebody told somebody say well no we like this coach better on the other one uh, or this player better on the other one and so forth, so you don't get your breaks. I mean, that's what we always think. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, you know, how, now I know how the game's played and how it goes. Right. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I got released there. I came back home, and I told my wife, I said, listen, I think I'm done with baseball. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to play anymore. And then I got a call from San Diego. I said, hey, hey we still think, you know, that, a good addition to the crew over here. If something happens in the big leagues, you're going to get a chance. So I I took it very skeptically and then ended up playing part-time because they wanted me to train some rookies or other players. And, you know, I mean, I think everybody's a little bit different, but at the end of the day, everybody goes through the same thing where, you know, you go through a little twilight of your career and, you know, you just, you just get accepted. It takes some people longer than others to accept that you're not going to play anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you finished 99 out um, with Vegas again, and then so did did you know at the end of that year? Then it was done, and then it was how how long did it take you to kind of get over that? Because I talked to a lot of guys. Some of them say that they have like a mourning period for a couple of years where they can't watch baseball and they're depressed or angry. Did you ever go through any of that? Well, I I, I came up and played winter ball. Oh, I, and that is. You know, I, I finished over there. I ended up playing winter ball in Puerto Rico. I ended up winning another championship with Santurce or whatever. Uh, 
I think that was the, the wake of call because I didn't get any offers. I didn't get anybody. You know, usually in winter bowls, you get scouts coming through, people you know, and they always tell you, hey, Rico, uh, you know, we think we can use you. I think we're going to make you an offer, you know, to go play AAA, whatever. I mean, that was the way you always used to because I was always off the roster. You know, the, the years that I made it to Big Leagues, they always took me off the roster after every year. And every winner was waiting for a job offer with a different team. I mean, I knew I was going to play those years of 92 through 98 or something like that. But after that, it was like, okay, I don't have any offers. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, we won the championship. I don't know if you know Max Oliveros in Puerto Rico. He was the manager over there. But I was a shortstop on that winning team. Although I had to split time with a couple of young rookies that were in that team. And they, you know, they were having the Caribbean World Series uh, in Dominican, I think, that year. But when they would start start to uh, make the roster for the Caribbean Series team, you can always pick up some reinforcement. reinforcement. So they ended up picking uh, Valentin, who was still playing, Tony, uh, to come up with that team. I said, well, if Tony's going... What am I going to go for, you know, to the Caribbean World Series? So back then I told him, listen, no, I just, you know, I soon quit. We had just purchased as a family this uh, hotel in Culebra back in 2000 uh, and, uh, or 1999 to 2000. So, you know, I had plans of going over there and oversee how everything was going to be, the transition and everything. People were hiring to run the place. So I ended up not going. I mean, I tell you this much. After a year after that, I was still being called to come over and play winter ball yeah. for about two two years. And I, you know, I told them no. I'm dedicating my time to, you know, my kids and uh, my uh, family. And that's you know that was the end of it. I mean, I didn't want to get back to the game. I uh, to this day I still, you know, with the exception going to the dream. Team, uh, Oregon Dream Team, uh, you know, events. They had a couple in the last few years. I don't go to the ballparks here to watch games. You know, I don't. Uh, I might have gone to some spring training games when I lived in Orlando for a while. You know, a few years back, 2003 to, to seven, and in West Palm Beach. You know, but I, you know, I tr- I try to get back in the game. I think it was 2000. 2007, a little bit, a little, you know, I threw a little fillers out there. Yeah. But I've been out of the game for so long that nobody really wanted to, you know, to hire me in any capacity or something like that. So I said, you know, I'll stick to my guns and do what I'm doing right now, and that was it. So, it was, uh, you know, I I know I could have been a pretty good coach or ended up in some part of the front office or whatever with any franchise that I would have decided to stick with. But it is a small leech, you know, it's short, it's, you know, it's a fraternity. It's, uh, you know, you're out of the loop, you're out of the loop. You know, you don't get get out and come back 10 years later and, and play. And the game has changed so much anyway, you know, from everything that I hear from my friends. Because I do keep in touch with the players, but, you know, it's just friendly basis when we run into each other but not mainly at the golf course so yeah there you go well 
My last five questions for you then. So circling back then, finishing up with the Royals. So when you think back to Omaha, because I actually grew up in Nebraska, about an hour from Rosenblatt Stadium. I miss Rosenblatt. They tore it down. But what are your favorite memories of uh, Rosenblatt and Omaha? Did you ever go to the zoo over there? No, I never went to the zoo, but I do remember the uh, the the wind blowing to left field and me being able to hit it over there as I wish. <laughs> there. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, every now and then you had that wind change, and boy, that was like a 300 field, 300 yard, or 300 feet <laughs> ballpark. I mean, instead of 325, yeah. it was so easy to hit. So, I, I, there was one year though. Let me see. It was 90, 90, 94, 93. Yeah. What was the year of the uh, juice ball? Was it 93 or yeah. whatever when McGuire and everybody was hitting home runs? And, yeah, and, I think that's when it started. Sosa. Brady Anderson. <laughs> remember that? Right, right. Well, that, I remember watching ESPN with my friends one night. And I forgot uh, one of the big commentators over there, they said, even Rico Ross is hitting home runs. <laughs> in the minors at a pace that nobody can believe. Because I was, like, the first month I hit, like, a few home runs. And uh, everybody's going, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and juice ball. It's got to be the juice ball. So, uh, of course, that doing the last. That was the year I made the all-star team in AAA. And I ended up, you know, I started, you know, on fire. You know, but then I got tired doing the down or something like that, you know. Or, or reality hit. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, so what about when you rem- think back to Kansas City? What are your favorite memories of, of you know playing in Kansas City? Do you have any memories of the city itself? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, again, I, I hanged out very little because I was always trying to, I don't know, stay focused or, you know, be a good boy, don't hang around town and, you know, don't get crazy or anything like that. It's uh, mainly the ballpark. I mean, I, I used to drive from Overland Park to, to to the stadium, so that was about a half hour drive every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a couple spots that I always stopped, and people recognize you, and it was always nice. Uh, I wasn't married back then either, so I was always out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got my wife next to me; she's gonna give me trouble here. But anyway. <laughs> So uh, that was uh, fun. I mean, in the bench over there, I got a couple fun memories over there on the bench. But uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go over and you know, too many people are still hanging around Kansas City. I mean, just going to Kansas City radio, so I don't want to <laughs> get in trouble anybody. But it was, uh, you know, you sit in the dugout, you get bored for a while, especially if you're not playing. I mean, even though you're supposed to be trying to steal signals, right? on the other team but now you know things are more sophisticated now yeah but uh you know you get a little bored you get the afternoon games the double headers and you know pranking playing around the clubhouse or dugout that was always but it's a lot more fun when you're winning when you're losing you just nothing nobody likes that but uh yeah i yeah. wish i could tell you the stories but i maybe some other time i don't well you know, so it's what, just one of those that i don't want when, when yeah. I when I bring the lady down to your resort down there, you can tell me in Puerto Rico. Deal. You will love you will love this story. I mean, I, I, I will tell the story, and it's a fun one. I okay, mean, deal. I think you like it a lot. I mean, I I'll give you permission to throw it out in the air later on if you want. But uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to blur it out right now. 
what about did, did you ever try barbecue here? Uh, the what barbecue? What did you ever? Yeah, did you ever try any barbecue in KC? Our famous, you know, famous barbecue. No, I. It wasn't my cup of tea. I never, you know, had it. I mean, I just never had it. I, I do remember Longhorns in Charlotte, North Carolina. The first few Longhorns. <laughs> yeah, they had those. That was, that's funny. Uh, okay, so my last three then. Have you uh, have you been back to KC ever? I haven't been back to Purdue, KC. Um, Seattle or Atlanta since I played. I mean, it's just funny, you know, I always tell my wife, say, you know, one of these days I got to go back and you keep procrastinating, you never do it. And, you know, I mean, you go through life. You got kids, you got to raise them. Now they're in college, so now we're empty nesters now. So maybe one of these days I'll get back through there. Yeah, but, be great. Uh, you got to come out here, man. See the see everything. I, I I believe it has changed a lot since I've been there. I mean, I went in '93. That's 30 years almost. Yeah, the the, uh, uh, the ballpark's a lot nicer. They renovated everything, and you know you can walk behind the fountains now, and it's way nicer. Grass and it's beautiful. You'd love it. It's a great park. Still is a great. Park. I mean, it's beautiful maybe. back then, but it's even better now. Yeah, I would love to have played in grass. <laughs> I think. Do you? Uh, I know. Do you stay in touch with any guys from Kansas City that you played with anymore? Nope, I have not. I mean, I you know, Facebook makes that a lot easier now. Yeah. You know, where I I reach out to a couple guys, but I you know, every now and then somebody will post something. They'll say, "Hey, Rico, is that you?" or something like that, and I'll post back. But I think pretty much everybody's you know going through their own little world life, and you know, I know that. If we get together, it'll be fun, but it's kind of like the same thing with the dream team over here. We all get together, we have fun, but it's just that event, everybody goes, you know. I mean, I, you know, the only guys that I sort of keep in touch every now and then, you got Edgar Martinez, you know. I get to see him a lot when he comes down here, and we visit a little bit. I see uh, his cousin Carmelo a lot, and a couple of my fellow you know, countryman over here, but uh, I mean, even Joey, when I played in, you uh, know, Seattle, I still don't see him. I, I got to see his brother. Uh, and, uh, but from Seattle, I mean, from Kansas City, I haven't really kept in touch with anybody. I mean, I just, you know, just, I, I mean, it's a little far away from me. I mean, most of the guys end up staying there and, you know, I, I've seen uh, the one guy that I have seen a couple times down here is Chico. Oh, really? I have seen. Yep, I've seen him a couple times, and he's doing good. Doing good. Man, he was so good. He was so good defensively. He can hit a little bit too. Actually, his bat was better than people thought it was. I always thought. Um, Well, again, you get to play every day. Yeah, getting a little confidence. Yeah. Well. my uh, my very last question for you, I guess, is in summary, what would you like to say to all the Royals fans listening right now? Well, thank you for the opportunity, especially you, Dave. And just, I appreciate this. I know you were trying to hunt me down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's part of my, uh, I don't know, procrastination as far as staying away from, you know, it's something I don't do too often. Uh, but I appreciate uh, the way you handled this and the, and the way you presented everything. Uh to the fans, uh, you know, I know the game has changed a little bit, but then don't let uh, the uh, the technologicals uh, 
uh, involvement uh, discourage you from going to the ballpark? Because I think it's still one of the most fun things to do with a family. I mean, there's something magical about bringing, you know, a few kids out there and especially catching a foul ball. You know, I hope that, you know, in Kansas City, there's a great town, a bunch of beautiful people out there, and, uh, you know, they love their baseball. Everybody loves the winning team, but hey, you can't have them all the time. So just take out your time and take your family out, enjoy the game. Absolutely. I also want to link your uh, resort on there too, so people. I'll see if we can get a couple people to book down there. That'd be kind of cool. I'll all put... right, take, take a look at it online. I'm, I, I mean, the web page is up. Uh, uh, I'm still about to uh, do some upgrades on the page, but it's pretty nice. I do get an idea of what it's what it's like. And what I do, I mean, it's the it's the Caribbean island with five beautiful beaches around. And uh, hey, I know a lot of people in Kansas City would like to get away from that cold and come down. Oh yeah, especially now. Yeah. yeah. So, and your invitation, you get an open invitation anytime you want. You know, I take good care of you. Yeah. Take you fishing, and uh, take your family to the beach and enjoy. I get a boat out there. I take people out all the time. So it's uh, it's a fun little thing to do. Well. I will absolutely be heading down that way because I've always wanted to go to Puerto Rico, and now that you're down there, and this works out perfect. So I'll the next year or two, I'm going to bring the lady down there for a little vacation, and hopefully we'll see you back up here. And we want to thank you on behalf of all Royals fans, you know, for your time and for the memories of playing here. You're definitely people have requested you to be interviewed, not just me wanting to get you. So you know, a lot a lot of people are excited to hear from well, you. Uh, and glad you're doing well. I appreciate it. Well, tell them all that they can come over and visit in Culebra. Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> Deal, man. Take care. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Dave. All right. Bye-bye.